0: You know, unless you enter into the presence of God, what difference does it really make? You know, I think about all the Christmas Eves that I participated in as a child, and I had always had fun. At church, I always had fun. I never paid attention, but I always had fun. But there came a point when I came face to face with Jesus Christ. I was aware of who he was. His power and his presence were unmistakable. And I, didn't, I couldn't do anything but yield my heart and my mind and my soul to him. And as I was thinking back, as we prepared for this uh, Christmas Eve service, I was thinking about all the times I went to church and didn't know him, didn't sense his presence. And one thing I want you to do more than anything else, is I want you to find that presence of God where you know that you can invite Him in to where you are right now. You can know the power and the presence of Almighty God. And He brings a peace that passes all, all understanding and guards our hearts and our minds, even in times of turmoil. And if you look around the world, you see a world that is gone crazy, isn't it? You've About the time you think it can't get any stranger it does and what do you do how do you find peace and how do you find stability in the middle of all of that number of years ago there was a book written called the lexus and the olive tree by an economist named uh, thomas friedman he came up with a theory about peace he noted that no two countries had ever engaged in war if both those countries had mcdonald's this is true This theory is absolutely true, that they've never gone to war. There's been civil strife where countries didn't have McDonald's, but somehow he came to the conclusion as a secular economist that maybe the key to world peace is McDonald's. (laughs) Now, I think we know the fallacy of all of that. I was driving today, and I had to run a couple of errands, and it was such a nice day. I was relaxed and uh, had the top down on my car, and I thought only in California. I think about all the time that I spent suffering elsewhere. If you're from elsewhere, you're suffering in the winter probably. But cars were speeding past me, cutting in front of me, slowing down, and I'm sitting there going, peace on earth. Don't you know it's like Christmas and I know it was probably, you know, guys that are trying to get that gift in before that, you know, the stores close or whatever. But I want to take you to God's plan for peace. It's found in Luke chapter 2 with these words, the angel of the Lord came upon them, that is the shepherds. Now this past Sunday we talked about that engagement that that the Spirit of God had with those wise men, but now it's the shepherds. They were despised in that part of the world by most. And yet God chose to come to them. Have you ever noticed how God loves to go to the unlikely? God loves to go to the underdog? God loves to go to the person that's really hurting and crying out to him? You see, sometimes we get the idea that God only favors certain people. He doesn't. And if today you're feeling a little bit, you know, like, well, I... I don't feel like I measure up or I don't have what somebody else has or I don't have for Christmas what I hoped I would have. I want you to know that God loves you and God favors you. And God wants to do something great in your life. It says that the Spirit of the Lord came to these shepherds and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were very afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not. I love those kind of statements in Scripture. You know, all of a sudden, angels show up, there's a bright light, it's unexplainable, and Scripture says, fear not. I mean, it would scare me to death, wouldn't it, you? And the angel said unto them, fear not, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. And when I read that, I kind of got stuck on that little phrase, all people, because we don't all experience peace and great joy and happiness in our life, do we? But it says, "For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord." And this shall be unto you: you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a heavenly multitude uh, of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, goodwill toward men." And it was this announcement, this announcement of joy. And by the way. I love it when kids are in a service like this. Don't try to quiet him down. You just make him worse. It's the adults who fall asleep that causes me problems. But, you know, children are such a great reminder. And, you know, isn't it interesting that God chose to bring the great revelation of himself through a child? Even Jesus was criticized when... They said to him when the children were come, he said, Forbid it not. He said, For such as made up of the kingdom of God. There's something very simple and very innocent and something very real that attracts us to children, isn't there? And it tells us something about God. There's just, there's just, all those inhibitions are gone and they're just real people. It's kind of, it's the kind of people that God wants from us. And here's God making this great announcement, glory to God in the highest and on earth, goodwill toward men. And and yet there's so little goodwill in the world, so little peace in the world. You know, for those of you who are adults, do you remember the joy and the anticipation of Christmas? Remember what it was like when all of a sudden the gifts started showing up and then the night before, you know, Santa somehow snuck in and and, and he got in our house and he put stuff down and you came in there and here was toys you never thought you were going to get and surprises you never thought were possible. And all of a sudden you just think, this is the greatest day of my life. I can kind of remember almost every one of them and the gift, the, the main gift that was associated with that particular day. I had an uncle that lived in Anchorage, Alaska at the time and in those days it kind of seemed like it was, you know, might as well be on the moon. And I was just a young kid, and he would send these gifts, and I had visions of what might be in those packages. You know, I mean, exotic things from, from Alaska, and I don't know about you, anybody ever snuck open a gift? I mean, don't, kids don't ask, don't acknowledge this because you're doing it probably already, but, but if you're an adult and you, you kind of peeled the tape back, you got in there, you wanted to see what you had going, how many of you have ever done that? Just raise your hand, just be honest right now. Okay, well, I couldn't resist the stuff from Alaska, and so I remember that one year I opened mine up, and it was like this little jade tie tack, which I didn't want, and a pair of tube socks. I thought I thought it was Alaska, someplace exotic and wonderful, you know when I get this stuff? So then, I don't know what made me do it, but then I looked at my mom's gift. And it was kind of heavy, and I thought it's probably something like ivory or tusk or something, you know. And, and so I, I was pretty good at it. I got the little knife, and I kind of pried the tape back, and I slid it out, and it was a box of chocolate candies made from the berries that grew in Alaska. I thought, this has got to be good. I thought, if I just sneak, so I opened up the lid, I looked in there, and you know how they got all those little paper things? And I thought, if I just take one out, and I can shuffle them around, and she will never know. I bit into that heavenly piece of joy. Never had my mouth tasted anything quite like that. I said to myself before I started one piece, but I ate two. I put it back, wrapped it up, stuck it under the tree. I went to school, told my buddies about the candy. And they'd never heard anything like that in their life. And they said, can we have a piece? And so I invited them over, and we snuck it out. We each had one more piece. Now we're down to four. Now it's getting a little sparse in there. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I'll just tell my mom, when she looks at it, I'll just say, well, you know, it's probably rare. You can't just stuff it full of rare things like that. Berries just don't grow everywhere in Alaska. It's frozen you know, it's, it's crazy up there. And uh, I, I've got to confess to you, by the time Christmas Day came, we had eaten every single piece of candy in that box, both layers, top and bottom. We wrapped it up, put it under the tree. My mom picked up the package. She tore open it. She was excited. Her brother had sent her something from Alaska. She opened it up. I didn't even leave the little paper. It was completely empty box of candy. And my mom looked at my dad. Now I was an only child. It's hard to get away with stuff when you're an only child. I mean, I'm looking at the dog thinking, Butch, what'd you do? You know, but looked at me, and I knew Christmas had just been ruined for me. And here's what she said. She said, I love this cardboard box. How did he know that's what I wanted? And then she started laughing. She never punished me. You probably say, that's what's wrong with you today. But she never punished me. I thought about that a lot. I thought, isn't that how God is? We get into stuff that we, doesn't belong to us. We think thoughts we shouldn't think. We do things we shouldn't do. But it's the grace of God, it's the love of God that goes beyond our offense That's this God we have to deal with here. There was an anticipation that was building all across that world. In Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 it says this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then later in Isaiah 9, 6 it says these words, Now there were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And then it says, of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end, and upon the throne of David and upon uh, his kingdom in order to establishment in judgment and justice from this day forward. And here's God giving this anticipation to these prophets of old. There's something about Christmas Eve that's a mystery, isn't it? There really is a mystery in it. You know, Many of you don't remember this because you're too young, but in 1968 you can read about this. There was the second manned orbit called Apollo 8, and it became the most controversial of all the orbits because of what happened on that Christmas Eve night in 1968. It was the most watched television broadcast in the history of the world up to that place. We were all just entranced by by what was going on there. The astronauts Borman, Lovell, and and Anders read from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. The whole world heard that word. They marveled at what they saw, and the only thing that came to their mind was Genesis. There was an atheist who was alive at the time named named Madeline Murray O'Hare. She had filed a lawsuit against them reading Scripture in outer space. You may remember that it was further back that she was the one responsible for getting Bible reading banned in the public school systems. That did a lot of good, didn't it? The interesting thing was when the Supreme Court looked into that and they considered her case, they dismissed it, and I love this, for a lack of jurisdiction. (laughs) You see, the God of the universe had already decided it was okay. The King of kings and Lord of lords had put his approval on it. God said, my glory I will not hide. You will see me from the farthest star to the deepest well. I will not be hid. The United States Post Office commemorated that event with a postage stamp. And on the front of that stamp it read, in God we trust, or in the beginning. And you'll notice that stamp there that it just screams, doesn't it? you think, how did they get away with it? I thought it was appropriate to show you a postage stamp because this is the former United States post office and they still, we are their landlords. They rent space from us. I love that. Another thing that we know about is peace. An interesting thing happened in 1914 and during World War II, there was, uh, it was Christmas Eve and in those days, in the war, in World War I, they were in trench warfare, and they were as close sometimes as 50 to 80 feet apart. They would yell back and forth, they would taunt one another, and apparently on the German side, they began to sing Christmas carols, they took trees and they put them up, and they began to to put little candles on them, and they they began to sing. And all of a sudden, the British began to resound back with another song. And before it was all over, a truce was held with almost 100,000 men coming up out of the trenches, shaking hands, playing a football game, exchanging food, exchanging cigarettes, and exchanging all kinds of stuff because somehow peace was going to prevail in the midst of conflict. You know, when when I heard about that, I... I thought to myself, how is that even possible? The last song they sang, which is going to be the last song we're going to sing tonight, was Silent Night. Many of those men, that was the last song they would ever sing. It was the last thing they would ever remember. Because that fighting went on then for another three years. It became the highest casualty war up to that point and probably still is today. And yet they understood something about this goodness to mankind and this peace that was necessary for all of us to feel toward one another. I want to just ask you right now, is there a conflict in your heart toward somebody? Christmas time I'll have people come to me and say, you know, I haven't spoken to my mom or my dad, and they'll give me a number of years a year, five years, 10 years. I have a son and daughter that I don't even know where they are. Can I just say to you, put aside whatever was, whatever happened, put aside ego, put aside everything, and let love prevail, let peace prevail in the midst of relationships. Because when it's all said and done, whatever brought you apart is not worth it. And I know I don't know everyone's life and the complexity that goes on, but I want to just encourage you to, to move in that direction because there is a silent night that happens in many people's hearts. It's not a good silent night, it's a separation and an emptiness that comes from not having loved ones around. That scripture we read from Luke chapter 2 talked about this goodwill and this peace among all nations took me back to the book of revelation because it's the last book in the bible it's a book that tells us how things are going to be in the end and i just want to bring you through a couple of scriptures that point to this idea in revelation 7 and verse 9 he said and after these things i looked and behold a great multitude which no one can number among all nations among all nations Tribes and people and tongues standing before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, palm branches in their hands. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 5. She bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to His throne. Revelation fifteen four. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, for all nations shall come and worship before you, for your judgments have been manifested. Revelation 21 and 24, And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and their honor into it. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 2, In the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore the twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the, of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I want to live in a world where there's healing. I want to live in a community where there's healing and love. I want to be able to see the power and the presence of God in your life and in my life and people around us. And I want to somehow reflect that. It's interesting being here at this crossroads of, of community with the post office. About 1.5 cars every minute go through our parking lot. There's not a day goes by that there's not one or two or more people that come into this building thinking it's the post office who end up in, entering into a dialogue with us about church or about God. Many people this past week came said they're going to be here tonight or be here this Sunday. If, that, if you're one of them, welcome. We're glad you're here. But we believe in really touching the lives of a community with peace and joy. The way to find that is in a relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised Him from the dead, here's the promise. The promise is we will be saved. What that means is we are rescued from sin that separates us from God and we're given a place before God with joy and happiness. It doesn't make us perfect. I never met a perfect Christian. I met a lot of imperfect ones, and I'm one of them. But you see, it's a step of faith. It's not being a part of the church. It's not baptism. It's not ritual. It's simply faith in Jesus Christ and what He did. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead to give each one of us life. I'm asking you to stand with me right now and just bow your heads, and I'm going to lead us through a prayer, and then we're going to sing Silent Night together. If you just bow your head and maybe you already say, I I know that I know him. But if not, I, I would just encourage you to pray a prayer like this one. Let my words be your words and let your faith prevail. Dear Lord Jesus, I want to confess to you that I'm a sinner. I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. To give me the gift of eternal life. I believe you died on the cross, were buried and rose from the dead, that I might now have eternal life if I call on your name. So Jesus, right now, I don't know much, but I do know that I want a relationship with you. I want to be able to sing joy to the world. I want to be able to sing songs like Silent Night and really know it and really mean it in my heart. If that was your prayer tonight, in your own words, would you just thank Him for saving you, for giving you the gift of eternal life? Eternal life is such a wonderful gift. And as we sing Silent Night together, I'm asking ask you just to reflect on the words as you sing and as you hear those words sung. And then before we go tonight, I'll come back and I'll just uh, give you a blessing as you go out. Let's sing this